I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. A podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. All right, this episode we are talking about Supergirl. This one was a fan request, I believe from Jerome. He made a lot of requests. Uh, and this is a Pilot House classic. Neither of us have seen any of it. So we're going to start off with what do we know about Supergirl? Uh, nothing, except what I already know about the character. I don't know anything about the show. Clark Kent's cousin, also from Krypton, same power set, but girl. Blonde, youngish, yeah. late teens, early 20s, something like that. I guess depends on which take of the the character they're doing. Uh, portrayed by Melissa Benoist in the show. If you say so. Don't know who that is? Yep. Uh, is this in the, f- the Arrowverse? So it is, it is a CW, or I think it didn't start on the CW. It's on the CW now. It is technically in the Arrowverse. It has crossed over with Arrow and the Flash and everything like that. But it is set in an, like, uh, it's an, on an alternate Earth. So it's not oh, like Supergirl yeah. can just, Supergirl can't just fly to Starling City whenever she wants from, right. where is I, she? I think she lives in New York. She can't just zip over there anytime but when something wibbly wobbly timey wimey yeah universe hopping happens she can hang out yeah you you'd mentioned this to me before yeah which is actually a good plan for a shared unit for when you're trying to do kind of a shared universe if you have too many superheroes in the same universe it does not work for tv because you can't have them constantly crossing over right you can't constantly have big you know avengers battles where everyone's fighting together when it's tv yeah but having them completely separate is silly because you're missing out on opportunities. But they've got alternate dimensions and alternate realities and different, you know, Earth 12 and Earth 16 and a half and all that shit yeah. in, in superhero comics anyway. So that's a perfect, I like that they did that, you know. When they need to, they can hand wave up a reason for them to be in the same reality. But it's never a problem if they're not. That's about it. Yeah, I, I do not know anything else. I'm going in pretty much blind, so I'm stoked. All right. Let's go watch Supergirl. Let's get super. Super. <laughs> Strangely, the show's simply super. Synopsis. Superman's cousin who has heretofore been living on Earth incognito as a normal human, finally realizes her destiny and becomes a hero. That's our one-sentence synopsis for Supergirl. I, I, normally, I would ask you, do you agree with my one-sentence synopsis? But, like... I, I do nothing, agree, Sarah. I agree with, with your one-sentence synopsis. Thank you. Let's thank you. move on to talking about what we got right and what we got wrong in that what we know. Uh, I think the only thing we were wrong about is you thought she might be in New York. Yeah. And she's, of course, in another made-up DC city, which is National City. <laughs> oh, I remember when you said New York, I kind of thought, no, Metropolis is New York, basically. So that can't be real New York in DC. But then I think at some other time you told me, no, there is real New York yeah. in the DC universe, which is dumb. Yeah, the, that's Metropolis one... is DC. Is, is TC. Metropolis is New York. It's not... That's one of those like bizarre things about the DC universe is they have twice as many big cities. Yeah. Because like out on the West Coast, there's Seattle and there's LA and San Diego or whatever. But then there's also Edge City. Uh, oh, you know. Jeez. Yeah. Is that where all the edgelords live? <laughs> <laughs> 
So we are the Lords of Edge. Then there's, there's, you know, New York and Chicago and Boston, but also Starling City and Metropolis and Natural, Natural City. Ooh, I want to live there. National so City. Natural City. And it was just, everyone just doesn't shave. Good lord. It's vegan. Anyway. Um, it's vegan. Ah, ah, ah. What? What is happening? Rain it in, strangely. Anyway, uh, I think that's the only thing that we were wrong about. Yeah. I'll get into sort of some of the differences in mythology later, but it was essentially what it said on the tin. Supergirl. Sometimes there's things that we get wrong that we didn't explicitly say in the what we know because it's something we were wrong about the tone. We we sometimes forget to mention what we think the tone is like in the what we know. But this was an example where, no, it's it's a CW uh, superhero show. It's exactly what I expected. All right. Shall we get into that recap? So in the pilot, which I believe was titled Pilot, we start with a little origin story. The story is that, as we all know, Kal-El was sent as a baby off to Earth. But what you may not know, what's weirdly never mentioned in any of the Superman origin stories, is that in a separate ship, makes sense, why Why would that be, uh, his 13-year-old, also, why would you send a 13-year-old after him? Not clear. His 13-year-old cousin is sent after him to protect him. Yeah. But her ship gets knocked off course and goes into the Phantom Zone. Which is a great name. Very sci-fi sounding. Yeah. And she ends up in stasis there for 24 years where time does not pass. And she sleeps. She's asleep in stasis for the trip and time doesn't pass in the Phantom Zone. Then she miraculously gets un- kicked out of the phantom zone and down to earth but by then superman is superman he's grown up he no longer needs her help also she's 13 so he just uh, finds her a foster family and she inexplicably just goes well the world already has an superhero guess i'll just be normal yeah which that was the first thing i was like uh that was the first i'm a newton bitter yeah, you know, I it's, it was just like, and w- this is sort of some overarching stuff that I'll talk about at the end of the podcast, but I felt like they were like, we need a reason for her to have this hero's journey of wanting to do this thing or decide to do this thing. Yeah. That My understanding of Supergirl from the comics is she's just like, a- appears fully formed, saving lives and kicking yeah. ass. Like, that could be totally wrong. And, you know, I, I guess maybe I've never read a Supergirl number one. but. Yeah. It just, like, you know, Superman has this whole complicated origin story, and then there's always kind of a muddy period of time between when he leaves his childhood in Smallville and when he is sort of the Superman we all know. And at some point during that period of time, Supergirl appears. So this origin story where he's gone off and been Superman for, you know... 15 years or so. And, it yeah, it's a little bit... There's a reason for him to have not just like, you know, he was a baby. Yeah. He had to grow up. And then there was the worry of what will happen if people find out he's an alien. But like in a world where Superman is already Superman, it's a little weird for her to not just be like, well, I could just be his cousin. Yeah. And be and a, a, a super person also. Anyway. Also, I just have to say, I love that when they show the baby in the beginning, baby he has a little, he's got a little spit curl. <laughs> Just because you might have missed everyone wearing the Superman symbol on their chest, the the yeah. the family crest. Like, 
you, you really want you to know who he is. You, if you don't know the name Cal el and you don't recognize the Superman symbol somehow, surely the spit curl will telegraph Superman to you. They weirdly don't say Superman the entire episode. They keep yeah. referring to him by other names and it's notable. Uh, yeah, he finds her an adopted family who her dad is played by Dean Cain, which is hilarious. I loved that. Dean Cain, the first TV Superman of my, you know, of my life. Not of ever, but, uh, you know. I was bummed he didn't get to say like anything he just kind of stands just there, stands looking, there looking yeah looking paternal the mom the foster mom says something yeah he just stands there although but presumably he'll come back in yeah. like age makeup or something yeah, to yeah. play her dad later but like he just shows up and it's like here i am remember me i was superman one time now i'm a dad hi anyway we flash forward to 10 years she's working as an assistant the beleaguered assistant of a high-powered bitchy publisher in in the you know journalism media world it's it's basically the devil wears prada knockoffs yeah but but in journalism instead of fashion yes and she threatens that she's going to shut down one of the newspapers she owns because hey over in metropolis they've got a hero to put on the cover of the paper every day find me a hero and we can keep the tribune open how convenient (laughs) (laughs) then um which also like is completely not how human beings work if Superman's been Supermaning for how long now? Yeah. At least a decade. I feel like people would just kind of be over it. You yeah. couldn't just keep putting pictures of him on the on the in the newspaper and selling it. It seems like people would have gotten kind of used to it a dozen years in. Yeah. Know? So we then are uh, she is sent to pick up layouts from the new layout editor, who turns out to be but up but Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Who, in this universe, is a tall, sexy black guy with a bald head who wears unusually casual clothing in the office setting. Yeah, his shirt is, like, half untucked. In the first scene, he's wearing a button-down with a tie, but it's still half untucked. Later scene, he's just straight up wearing, like, a Henley. It's not even buttoned up all the way. And you're like, damn, this guy's casual as hell. (laughs) Why is everyone... Nobody... The boss, this this super uptight boss is fine with him. Just I guess he's Jimmy Olsen, so he's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. He well, he's, like, won at least one Pulitzer. Yeah, which, they mention. He took the first ever photo of Superman. Which, as we all know, if you work at the Daily Planet in Metropolis in the DC Universe, you get a Pulitzer every Friday. Yeah. Just because you work there. Yeah. I'm sorry. You did You did what in the vicinity of Superman? Have a Pulitzer. <laughs> I mean, excuse me. The big guy. My friend. Big blue. The hero. Big blue. Yeah, they go out of their way. And I'm sure they were doing it. They 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 weren't like, no one will notice. They did it on purpose because they were trying to do something. They didn't, maybe they didn't want Superman to detract from Supergirl's origin story. But it, it just felt yeah weird. We then learn that Kara is pretending not to even know Superman. She hasn't used her powers in years. She She's like, oh, what's he like? Like, she's, you know, she is truly incognito. Yeah. Uh, but also, she probably hasn't actually talked to him in years because if he was visiting her all the time, it might blow her cover or something. So yeah, which again, this is that like, and I'll talk about this more structurally later. But yeah. they're, they're, I'll just maybe I'll call these uh, bend, bend over backwardsies yeah. or something because it's just like there's these moments where it seems like the show is bending over backwards to kind of force an origin arc for yeah. her. Like, why hasn't she talked to him? Like in most of the other yeah. Superman mythologies that I've 
encountered, he's talking to her all the time because Wouldn't she's literally you? the only person who can understand what he is. Yes, yeah. they are not only literally family, even if they weren't blood relatives, they would still feel like family because they're the only two people from their planet left. And, yeah. you know, certainly the only two living on Earth. Like, for him to t- to take 13-year-old her and go, Hi, everything is different from how you thought it was going to be. You no longer have a mission. Here's a nice foster family. Goodbye! And, like, fuck yeah. off and leave her. Seems irresponsible of him. Yeah. She-, she was ready to give up her, you know, to to not give up, but to dedicate her young life to protecting him. Yeah. And then fate changed things. He should have then gone, hey, you were going to protect me. Now I will protect you. He should have been a huge part of her life. It's anyway. But yeah, bending over backwards to give her autonomy in this universe. Her sister comes over to visit her. We find out she's some kind of big deal. She's got a fancy job. She's flying to Geneva later today. She's helping her pick out clothes for an online date. On the online date, which of course turns out horribly... For whatever reason, because she's the nasty. dude's a douche. Yeah, there's a dude, total douchebag. A news report on the TV, which you know how people in like loud, uh, like clubby bars, which this is depicted as being, are always watching the news with the sound on. Yeah. The news says, "Oh, there's a plane overhead, which was going to Geneva, and it's circling over the city, trying to find a place to land because one of their engines went out or something." And she goes, "Did he say Geneva?" Like, we wouldn't remember that her sister said she was flying to Geneva twice in a scene about a minute ago. Yeah. She had to say her name. She then runs off and flies into the air to go save the plane. And in a ridiculously complicated action sequence, she helps the plane to land safely. But, of course, is spotted and take photos are taken of her by people on the plane as she stands on the plane, dripping wet, and then launches off into the air. She, yes. In the course of saving the plane, she causes a little bit of non-lethal collateral damage. There's some damage to, like, a major bridge in the city, which the only reason I bring this up is because the level and impact of collateral damage from big superhero beatdown stuff, especially when Superman is concerned, is often very much not addressed or not shown clearly. Yeah, that's a good point. Her whole rescue, the, the, the plane turns sideways flying over a bridge, and one of the wings breaks the bridge in half, but there are no cars in the path of the wing. So yeah. she causes, like, property damage, but no one is hurt. Yeah. And I like that that's very clearly shown. Yes. Because oftentimes in these big superhero set pieces, it's like, we just punched over six buildings. There were people in those buildings. There were definitely people in those that's buildings. That's one of the reasons I often can't enjoy big, ridiculous uh, action movies like that. Um, because I'm, you know, I can't enjoy, you know, the spectacle of, you know, a giant tsunami rushing through the city because I'm like, but there are people in those buildings. Yeah. I was really happy to see that in this super show, the they took the time to kind of show her collateral damage as being a certain kind of lesser thing. Yeah. And it seems like as a hero, that's something she is concerned about. Yeah. Which is an, an, an interesting and fun take on it. Yeah. That's I, a good point. Yeah. I didn't notice that in the moment because mm-hmm. I'm... I was taking notes. And also, I'm less yeah. I'm less well-versed in superhero stuff than you yeah. are. So, thank you for pointing that out. That's a good point. Then we get the title card, Supergirl. Boom. And then we go to her in her apartment. Her ridiculously spacious TV yeah. apartment. Loft with high ceilings. She's watching the news and giggling. And she's, like, full of glee. Like She's ah, still soaking wet from yeah. the rescue. It's kind of adorable. Like, 
Well, she probably really took cute. a shower. She changed clothes. Huh. She probably took a shower. Her yeah. hair's wet. Right. Wouldn't you take a shower if you had plunged into, like, the Hudson River or something like that? I, I, yeah. But, I mean, she, she's watching herself on the news, essentially, like, right after this has happened. And then her sister shows up at her apartment suspiciously quickly. Yeah, and is immediately, is in no way, like, shaken by the fact that she almost died and her sister saved her life. She is just like, how could you have put yourself in danger? How could you expose yourself like that? Expose yourself like that. It's like, I just saved the lives of, like, a hundred people. Maybe back the fuck off, including you. So, like, maybe calm down or something. Uh, We learn later why sister is so suspicious. But for now... We go back to the office and the evil publisher boss is angry because she doesn't have an exclusive about this unknown hero. And she, you know, sends everyone off to like, go get me an exclusive interview or a photo or something. We need to be the best. We need to have some stuff. Give me you know. pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> I want five photos of Supergirl on my desk by 5 p.m. Five by five. They, she then goes to her work buddy who we met earlier named Wynn, who has a crush on her. Um... I think Wynn. I didn't actually look up yeah. his name, but that's what it sounded like. I assume that's his last name, maybe. I was imagining W-Y-N-N-E, like the last name, but... Oh, that could be it. Like Ben Wynn or something like that. Probably Wendell Wynn, considering uh, oh, yeah, it's yeah, a comic yeah. book. But Which, if that was the character's original name, like when the character was introduced, like that's the kind of name that might have been like normal. And now they're like, oh, we'll just call him Wynn. Nobody's Wendell anymore. Please tweet me and tell me the original name of that character. She then tells him who she really is. And he doesn't believe her at first. And they do a completely tedious joke where he thinks she's about to confess that she's gay. And he's relieved because he's like, oh, that's why you're not into me. I'm like, wow, you are such a straight white boy. Amazing. Yeah, there's, I mean, again, this is that weird bendy over backwardsy thing where it's like there's this sort of running thing where multiple times she's like I've been told all my life not to be who I really am and now I'm gonna be who I really am but it's it's also like she doesn't really know how to hero and she doesn't really know yeah it's not like she like hung up the tights yeah and it's but it's also like they don't give us a reason she would have been told not to be who she is because she says in the the narration at the beginning And since the world already had one superhero, I decided the best thing was just to fit in. So she makes it sound like it was just her choice because it was like, or even that it was the natural choice. Yeah. But then she kind of is like, no, everyone's always told me. Why? Your foster parents raising you in a universe where there was already a Superman. They wouldn't be like, oh, no, no one can find out you're an alien because what would they do? I don't know. What do they do about Superman? Like, some people don't trust him. Some people do. You know, it's... Yeah. The, the vast majority of people think he's a hero and he's wonderful. Yeah, it's just... It doesn't really make sense that she's been hidden all yeah. this time. But they need that for the show to work, so... So, she convinces Wynn that she's the mysterious superhero woman mm-hmm. by just jumping off the building and then flying a little bit and doing a superhero landing in front of him. The, the classic superhero landing, like, down on one knee. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. Great move. We then uh, meet our villain, who is appears to be a normal human truck driver in a diner watching a report about the the Supergirl, uh, and then he climbs into his truck, and it's actually like looks like a supervillain sci-fi lair inside, and he's got like 
all that's inside is a, a single sci-fi weapon, conveniently, and one screen that he uses to talk to his shadowy boss. The boss character, I mean, we find out later he's not the top boss, but he's... Yeah. That actor looked so familiar, and I he forgot to look up. He plays the villain in the first Iron Man movie. Yes. The leader of the Ten Rings, who is working for Ironmonger, the, the Jeff Bridges character. Mm-hmm. He also was the captain in the Star Trek reboot of uh, the the ship that Kirk's dad dies on. He has like a cool cameo bit. Oh, oh, the, the the Star Trek reboot movies. Yes. So I was like, what are you talking yeah. about? That's not something I would have necessarily recognized him from. It's yeah. just something you wanted to point out. Yeah. He was on. I was just like, "What? you're saying this like it's something I would recognize. And I have no idea what yeah. you're talking about. Sorry. I mean, those are just the two yeah. most noticeable he just, yeah. nerd he looked properties. very familiar. He, his, his voice was very familiar to me. They start talking about there's some, this, this hero girl. They immediately suss who she is, which is interesting. Yeah. I was like, wait, why do they immediately go, well, because they don't go, we know for a fact that Superman's cousin came to Earth. They don't know that fact. They're like, well, this must be her. They go, well, if Jarrell saved his son, perhaps someone else also saved their child. And they go, well, must be this girl. Yeah. They come to that conclusion surprisingly quickly. I feel like it gets backfilled later, but it doesn't make sense in the moment. So this is then followed by like a semi- I think intending to be funny montage, which combines some sort of Easter eggs of versions of her costume. Just one though, which is showing, uh, sort of explaining bits of her power set and also showing her trying to learn how to be a hero. So first she comes out in sort of like an basically underwear that is her colors. At best club wear, but yeah, it doesn't even look good. It doesn't, it doesn't immediately telegraph as this is a funny costume from the comics from the past. It just looks like a very bad outfit. It looks like something that she might've been drawn in like in the nineties. Yeah. At some point. Uh, And then she comes out and she has like sort of a more Supergirl-esque outfit and she goes out, tries to stop a car chase. And then they're like, oh wait, capes help with aerodynamics for flying. So then she gets a cape. Uh, and then she goes and tries to stop a bank robbery and he says something like, oh, you are bulletproof, right? And she's like, yeah, totally. So then she stops a bank robbery, but then she comes back and her costume's full of bullet holes. So they try to make the costume more durable. Yeah. And also like they keep showing her shoes. So at first she has like red sneakers. Then she has like red, like shin high Doc Martens. And then the final version of the costume when it finally has S on her chest. It's like the thigh high boots, which... They don't address why she would change the shoes. Really, no. sneakers would probably make the most sense. Although, I guess if they're the longer, the higher boots actually makes more sense if they're made of some kind of material that would protect her legs. Because yeah. otherwise, a skirt doesn't actually make any sense. But her also bulletproof legs. Uh, well, she does get wounded. That's true. Later in the show. All of these costumes are being made by who? Yeah, they're made by Wynn. Apparently. Yeah. That's the weird thing is nothing is mentioned. He is established working in IT at the newspaper. Yeah. But it's He's not like he IT has guy. like, even has like a cousin who works for DARPA or something. There's no, no they're not even a there's throwaway nothing. Line. We just are at his apartment. There is a sewing machine on the table and not a current sewing machine. A whimsically old timey one that looks like the kind that you would have to work with like a crank with your foot. Like, yeah. it does not make any sense. There's just this whimsical sewing machine on the table. We never see him working on the clothes. 
Yeah. There's just a sewing machine and he's in the room commenting on the clothes. And you're like, what is happening here? I mean, the how did they get the costume is always something that the movies and TV shows have to tangle with. Because yeah. it, it, does, it never makes any sense for them to have a costume that no. is made out of some kind of bulletproof material that most people do not have access to. But this was a weirdly half-assed yeah. attempt. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like either I... And that, that, I mean, for me personally, like either I want a very in-depth explanation a la Daredevil or Iron Man, where it's like this whole R&D thing that happens. Yeah. Or I just want it there. Don't talk to me about it. I don't care. I'm fine with one sentence that's like, okay, fine. Well, thank gosh I have a cousin who works at this textile company. One sentence. Yeah. yeah. I don't need a whole R&D montage. One sentence that explains. We, we had nothing. Wynn is not, it, it does not, has not expressed a background in science he's a he's it he's a computer guy he doesn't have any kind of background in textile sciences or or he doesn't have an interest in fashion nothing Nothing. he just is there they didn't have another character to help her with the costume so he's the one and they put a sewing machine on the table to be like "Uh, see apparently he sews he's got a sewing machine why would he have one if he didn't sew? It's, it's, it smacks says. to me of combining two friend characters into one friend character. Oh, possibly. I don't know if that happened, but that like, would be a good explanation. It seems like a writer's room thing that happened. Well, why can't Win also sew? Yeah, men can sew. Yeah, let's just do that. Make Win yeah. sew it. Yeah, then we don't have to have Janice. <laughs> or whatever, yeah. Uh, so the montage is, is like cut short as she flies out to try to stop a fire and she gets hit in the chest with a couple of darts that have glowy green stuff in them. Yeah. And just falls out of the sky like a yeah. rock. Crashes down and we see some shadowy soldiers walking towards her. Yeah. She wakes up restrained in a, soup, in a sci-fi looking room. With, like, kryptonite bracelets around her, which I thought was great. It was, like, the one part of the universe that felt like, okay, yeah, Superman has been hanging out in this world for a while. They know about kryptonite. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, like, obviously developed all this crap to have to contain Superman if he ever becomes a problem. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, wait, another one of him? Great, great, got it. Yeah. This guy with a comic book name, it's like Hoxley Henkelman or something like that. Yep. I can't actually remember what his real name is. It's two H's. Uh, is standing there explaining, you know, that she's been, you know, captured by the DEO. Yep. De- Department of Extraterrestrial Operations. Sure. The shadowy government organization that uh, keeps alien information from being leaked to the public so the public doesn't panic or whatever. Yeah. Although... People in this universe, they know Superman's an alien, right? That's I common knowledge? I assume so, yeah. People aren't like, Superman, he's just this superhero. It's a mystery why he has powers. Like, people it's impl- know that he's yeah. an alien? It's implied that at some point he did the Lois Lane interview that happens in the first Superman movie. That's kind of like a classic Superman mythology osmosis thing. Because the newspaper, the publisher, evil boss lady, wants a exclusive with a hero. Yeah. Which is like, you know, the classic, my night with Superman or whatever, the Lois Lane wrote yeah. in the Christopher Reeve movie. And it's kind of implied that that happened. And if that happened, he most likely is like, I'm from the planet Krypton. Yeah. So. So he, yeah, I was just like, we're, we, we know about aliens. But for some reason, this organization exists to, I mean, it would make sense for them to be like, oh, aliens exist? Okay, well, this one seems to be helping us. But let's also start a new government organization that is out there to protect us in case there's other 
bad aliens that yeah. come to do stuff or if superman ever goes rogue or whatever yeah of, of the many times that he has gone rogue <laughs> yeah great he describes it as more like we're keeping alien stuff we're yeah. keeping the truth about aliens from the people anyway they are not on supergirl's side they make it pretty clear right away that they do not appreciate her shenanigans and then in walks i think you know agent danvers and it's her sister yeah it's then revealed that her sister's been working with this organization for a long time. She's established as having some sort of expertise that got her the job, but also her... Yeah. Her connection to an actual alien was obviously... This organization knew about her, basically. Yeah. They knew about Kara the whole time. Yes. Which is... They've been keeping an eye yeah. on her and just making sure she stays on the down low. Which makes a little bit of her sister's earlier rants about like, oh, you got... Don't... Just hide this. Oh, yeah. Just, just it, chill. No, it makes sense yeah. now. Before, it was a little weird that she was like, what are you doing? You're putting yourself in danger instead of being like... Saying like, look, I'm relieved. Thank you for saving me. And I'm glad that you saved all those people. But I, I don't think you should just start doing this all the time. It's too dangerous. Instead, she's like immediately like, what the hell are you doing? Don't do that. Yeah. Like, I had it under control. No, you didn't. Everyone's about to die. But now we understand why. Because she knew that this agent, this organization, was keeping tabs on yes. Kara the whole time and did not want her to do shenanigans. They also tell her something else that they've known this whole time that she didn't know. Which is that when her ship left the Phantom Zone, somehow, and came to Earth, it, like, somehow dragged with it this prison ship. Yeah. Which... I, they said the name of that prison ship so many times, and every time I heard four bras. That four, four bras, that's what I heard too. Four bras, just four of them. Just four braziers. That is what I heard every single time. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sure this is some other kind of sci-fi name, but I'm just hearing four bras. Yeah. Please tweet at us what the actual name is of that prison ship. There's probably two A's. <laughs> four bras. So she somehow dragged this prison ship with her? Yeah, it's it's like they act like she did it personally, but she yeah. was literally asleep and also thirteen years old when it happened. There's like a vague, like kind of special effects shot of like her ship flying out of like a wormhole looking thing, and then the prison ship kind of flying out after her. But like it's, it's very like, and then that happened. Just go with it. Yeah, but they're also very much acting like it's her fault. Yeah, Hoxley, which again H bend H over backwardsiness. Yeah, it's, it's just, like yeah. Yeah, you, they, you're the one who brought them here. She's like, I was 13 and asleep, but thanks for blaming it on me. Yeah. And also, she's like, you knew about it and I didn't. So, like, whose fault is this? So, apparently, that ship crashed there 10 years ago and all the convicts escaped. And we actually see the, the convict that she was fighting earlier and he looks the same. Yeah. He has not aged in 10 years. Yeah, there's kind of like, they have the the, the, the big board, and yeah. it has like a bunch of these alien convicts, and there's a couple of like Guardians of the Galaxy looking dudes and yeah. whatever, but it's just like... Which, honestly, great way to introduce a whole series of villains for the first season. Yeah. We... She's got to go capture some more of those convicts. But also, yeah. they've been on Earth for 10 years at this point, and she's just learning about it. Yeah, it's why probably they've the laid D... low this o long is o odd. O-E-O-D-E-O-D-O-E. Yeah. D -E -O. D the D.E.O. Speedwagon has been chasing these guys for a while already. <laughs> the D.E.O. Speedwagon. You're welcome. <laughs> I wasn't even saving that one up. I just thought of it in the moment. I'm that clever. Nice. They've been presumably chasing these guys yeah. already. And, and Superman maybe also. So like some of them have already been gotten. Yes. But 
they're like, look, all these guys are out there and it's your fault they're here. And instead of saying, so you now need to help us catch them. They're like, so why don't you just go back to fetching coffee? What? Yeah. A superpowered person exists that you could have been molding yeah. into a he- into your soldier yeah. this whole time. And instead you're like, please just hang out and not do anything. It just, it, it's yeah, again, it's it does, like. It's it, bend over backwards. It, it's bend over backwards ease to give this like some like i feel like to give it like some like feminist oomph that like oh people are telling her to go get coffee instead of be a hero yeah it gives her more agency than if she'd been groomed to be their soldier this whole time but unfortunately it doesn't make any logical sense no for them to not have been grooming her this whole time and then when she shows up and goes well i got powers and i'm ready to use them they don't go well if you insist i guess we might as well use you they're like no please stop yeah. Now that you have had a taste for it and have a costume and everything, please just go back to being an assistant. Like, this is probably not going to happen right now, guys. Yeah. So. Look, uh, Hector uh, Ho- Ho- Horowitz. Ho- Horowitz. This is not going to happen, buddy. Anyway, she then stalks off uh, and says, try to stop me, which is weird because they took her down pretty easily the first time. That she just walks out and says, yeah. nope, I'm not going to do what you say. So then she goes back to work mm-hmm. and learns that her boss has engineered the hashtag Supergirl to name the hero. Yeah. And Kara is nonplussed by this because she's like, well, shouldn't she be Superwoman? Like, isn't it demeaning and taking away from her abilities and her actions to refer to her as something less than she is? i.e. a child when she is an adult, which is a absolutely reasonable argument. Indeed. And then her boss comes back at her with some bullshit dressed in feminist clothing about, well, what's wrong with being a girl? I'm a girl. No, you're not. You're a woman. That's that's the point I'm making. Literally, the (laughs) point I'm making is that you are a grown woman. It's, it's when women go like, I'm a girl, girl power, that is totally fine, right? Yeah. It's, it's fine to like claim the word girl and, but it's like, but the specific conversation we're having right now is not about, don't, t- don't put the word woman in her name. She shouldn't have a, f- a feminine word in her name yeah. because that detracts from her because being a woman is bad. She's saying it's bad to refer to her as a child when she's a grown adult. Yeah. So the argument is dumb and makes no sense. But very quickly we find out she's also about to fire Kara. And Kara is saved from firing by the perfectly timed arrival of Jimmy Olsen in a Henley shirt oh. just being hot as hell mm. Mm. And he's, he's, uh, he's worked out since the last time I saw a depiction of Jimmy Olsen I'm gonna yeah. say yeah. you know he's uh, he's buffer than any other Jimmy Olsen I've ever seen he's even buffer than the Jimmy Olsen who appears in the Zack Snyder film so wow, take that's, that that's the CW know, right? is like oh that's cute Zack Snyder mm, here's a yep. fucking Buff as hell, dude. Yep. Now he's Jimmy Olsen. And he shows up and goes, oh, Kara wanted to surprise you with this. She got a really clean photo of Supergirl. Yeah. And <laughs> which, like, his timing is, you know, whatever, TV convenient. He's but, tapping on the fun bus, which yeah. is, have you heard that figure speech? No. I believe it was originated by Nathan Fillion on Castle because they did this on Castle. It's a thing on TV shows in general, but they did it on Castle all the time. Two people are having a conversation about uh-huh. something specific and another person walks up and goes, that's not all. Like they've heard the all oh, conversation yeah, yeah. and have something to add. They refer to it as he's hopping on the fun bus, which I think is hilarious. That's delightful. Yeah, Jimmy yeah. hops on the fun bus, but he's also hopping on the save Kara's ass bus. Yes. Because he miraculously knows exactly what to say and how to save 
Kara's job by saying she's the one who got a friend of hers took this photo and she convinced the friend to let us use yeah. it, which okay. Bend and, over backwardsies. Yeah. For Jimmy. Also, Jimmy is flirting with Kara and he definitely looks older than her. Yeah, I, like he I, looks mid thirties and she looks early twenties, and I'm like, mm, what are you doing? What are you doing? That that whole interaction I thought was odd because I was like, he does he doesn't look quite old enough to have like the wealth of life experience that the character is like the way they're ta- everybody else talks about the character. Well, hanging has. out with Superman, hanging out with the big guy, you learn big a lot. Big blue, the big blue Boy Scout. Yeah. As Alan Moore referred uh, to him once. No, I I love that. I've heard that before. I'm amazed they didn't use that one in this show. They use every other thing to refer to him. Yeah. My friend. The big him. guy. They just say he or him, him several times. He when gave they, it to me. When they first meet, when they first meet, he goes, Never know, anyone ever told you you kind of look like him? Right here. He kind of refers, like, yeah. gestures to her eyes. And she's like, huh, no, <laughs> you're the first one. But it's like, it's telegraphed pretty much from the get-go that yeah. he is attracted to her. He does the thing where he's, she walks in the office and goes, hey, uh, I need layouts. And he's like, yeah, you'll get them in a second or whatever. And he's being kind of generally, not impolite, but just like professional and some, slightly terse. And then he turns around and goes, oh, hi. He does the, you know, it's yeah. we've seen it a million times in a million movies where he immediately goes, oh, a pretty person. I shall change tech, you know, which... And then he's, he's kind of low-key flirting with her for right. the rest of the episode. I, yeah. I don't know. I felt I, it felt a little weird. I guess. I I mean, I. it could just possibly be that he has more interest in her because of... Stuff. Right, Because yeah. of stuff. That we will, yeah, we'll yeah. get to. Anyway let's, anyway, let's get through the... We're almost through the recap, so let's... Immediately after this scene, she's contacted... Uh, through radio waves or some shit that she can hear because she's an alien by the alien convict who's like, come fight I will, me, you know, or come I'll... fight me, or I'll kill a bunch of people or yeah. whatever. So she goes to meet him and learns that her mother was the judge who condemned him and everyone on that ship. Yeah, to the the prison ship in the Phantom Zone. Yeah, her mom was space cop. Yeah, uh, no, it's space judge. They said she was a judge. <laughs> space judge, and, no, and space jailer. He says judge and jailer, which yeah. is like, the phrase is judge and jury. When you're, he was yeah. both judge and jury as a figure of speech. He goes, she was judge and jailer. I'm like, no, your jailer is the person who's actually watching you and keeping you in jail. She wasn't there. Yeah. She, she sent you. It was weird. It was a weird figure of speech that did not make sense for words or for plot. But and then they have she a, then fights him. Yeah. Uh, he nearly kills her. T.E.O. Speedwagon swoops in. Saves her at the last second. He gets away. He manages to... The way he manages to almost kill her and injure her is he has, like, some sort of outer spacey weapon Yeah, thing some kind of axe. That glows. And he gets her in the arm. And then they take her back to DEO Speedwagon headquarters. And they manage to get a little, like, bit of the weapon out of her arm. Yes. That they can analyze. Horatio Henderson is like, Oh, you actually did help. Amazing. Yeah. Weird that she would be able to help you. Thanks, Harry Hogwarts. Dick. They then learn something about the axe. Now I've kind of forgotten what they, they learned they, about they, it. The axe has some unique radiation that they can use from the chunk of the axe stuck in her arm to mm-hmm. find the rest of the axe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Suddenly her sister has completely switched teams and wants her to be Supergirl. Like, she goes home after that. 
She's yeah. like, I have never felt pain like that before. I've never felt pain. And like the experience of feeling pain and almost getting beaten up suddenly takes the wind out of her sails and she just goes home yeah. and is like crying about it basically. And then her sister shows up and just starts shouting details about her being Supergirl through her front door. Like, well, I guess all Hey, her- I know that it's a secret what you do, but I know I'm that a being an alien being Supergirl. I know that you being an alien, you can fight people and also being Supergirl is difficult. All of her neighbors are like, oh, that girl down the hall, the mousy one, I guess she's Supergirl. It's like, she's just shouting it through her door. It's very yeah. weird. There's a sweet moment of like self, uh, her sister is able to kind of be honest in this moment about how like I was my parents special kid. And then when you showed up and became my sister, like I kind of became not the special one. Because yeah. you could literally fucking fly, you bitch. Yeah. She basically says, I was the star. And then you came along. And how could I compete with you who could touch the stars? Her little speech was so well-worded that it was like, nobody is this self-aware and no. able to... She goes, I liked you being lesser because it made me feel like I was more. And I'm like... That's an uh, amazingly clear yeah. <laughs> description of something you've been struggling with since childhood. Okay. That overly perfect dialogue aside, though, I liked that at least for one moment in this pilot, they did address that. Yeah. Because, True. like, Superman was an only child. And having, like, that super-powered childhood thing, but with a sibling who has to grow up in your shadow, yeah. that's a really interesting place to get drama from yeah and then they just did this one hand wavy thing about it yeah i guess the thing that bothered me is like yeah but she was suppressing her abilities and being mousy so in what way was she showing you up she's an assistant who fetches coffee for a bitch you have like a master's degree in biochemistry or she's something she mentions and work for this government organization you wear suits and fly to geneva all the time so like why are you jealous of her still? It's a little weird, but she then convinces her by giving her a thing that they got out of her ship. Yeah. She, which has like a, like a hologram. It's recorder. a hologram like recording of Kara's actual mother with a message perfectly timed for this time in her life and this situation. It's weird that her mom would have recorded that specific message. It didn't feel... It, it could have been written better so that it felt like a message her mother would have sent to her, the 13-year-old who was going off to protect her baby cousin, that would coincidentally suit this current situation, but they didn't do that. She just goes, right. hey, uh, I wanted to mention, just in case something goes wrong, your destiny is not tied to your cousin. Like, Well, and it was, yeah. And it press was the like, end of her? Because, like, the, the version of that that is always in Superman's ship is kind of like a sort of an AI that is adaptive, that he can talk to. Oh, in more of a like that. kind of like it's almost a character it's not his father it's a dim shadow of his father but it's like he could sort of talk to it and i was thinking that they were going to kind of that was what this was going to be yeah. but it was not explained in either way whether this was a one-time message or this like ai did not seem that they were interacting yeah. although when she goes mom she goes cara my daughter yeah. it seems like she's responding to her yeah but then the rest of her message was very one-sided yeah help me obi-wan kenobi type pre-recorded message regardless it's enough to get her going again it gets her going you are special you have abilities that can help people and your destiny isn't tied to your cousins even though up to this point we have really hammered it home that your destiny was tied to your cousin but now it's not so they go to the deo and convince them to work with her to stop 
the villain who I wrote down his name is Bartok, but I, it, it wasn't that. But it sounded like that. An alien name that kind of sounded like Bartok. Yeah. He's not the, the, the whimsical bat character from the Anastasia movie. So. Unfortunately. Thanks to their analysis of the piece of Babcock's axe. Yeah. They are able to track him and then he's, he's headed for the city. Oh, no. Oh, he already said he was going to hurt humans. Now he's going to go do it. She then flies to stop him. And they start having a fight. She explodes his truck and they start fighting and he's kicking her ass. And then we cut to the DEO where uh, her sister drops some important knowledge, which is that despite the fact that they have not even seen this weapon, somehow just from a teeny bit, a sliver of the metal, she was able to ascertain that it's powered by some sort of power source. But if it gets too hot, it'll explode, basically. And then there's this whole thing where she's like, so all she has to do is get in the right spot and do her thing. Which... They haven't even referenced the laser eyes. Yeah. The heat vision, yep. I guess is what the official name for that power. They haven't even referenced it till this point. Yeah. So it was like they were saving that or something. Yeah. I, and everyone in the room goes, what? What thing? Oh, heat vision. She has that too? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that I, I guess that'll do the job. Why didn't you tell us that in the first place? Why I want to know if she has ice breath. I want to know, like, where they draw the line. Because, like, you know, Superman has all these, like, he has, like, 13 powers. There's, like, well, the ice breath. Yeah, the... there's, I feel like if you, if he actually, I feel like if he actually had every power he had ever been shown to have in any depiction of Superman, it would be, like, a laundry list. It'd be a mile yeah. long. But they've, they've retconned some of the things that they yeah. threw into comics just for one. Wasn't there one where, like, he couldn't walk through walls? And there was, like, a comic or the old TV show or something where the whole plot of the episode was around the fact that, oh, if only he could walk through walls, he could stop this villain. And at the very end, he's like, can't die. And then he fucking walks through a wall. Someone told me that story oh once. And I'm like, that's... That's ridiculous. What? So... <laughs> I didn't do it for fun. <laughs> anyway. They... She, she, you know, she gets beat up and then she's laying there and he goes to chop her face with the axe and she throws up her hands to stop him and she, he visions the axe and then she's, it's like the whole Spider-Man lift the heavy thing trope where Mm. he's like chopping at her face and she's like pushing and eye blasting the axe and then somehow she's also in radio contact with her sister and she's like, I can't do it. And her sister's like, you can do it. She goes, oh yeah, you're right. I can do it. And then she... Heat visions harder and it explodes. <laughs> she heat visions harder. It's, 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 I guess she must be able to control the power of the heat vision, although she hasn't. She this hasn't heat been, vision goes up to eleven. <laughs> she just pushes harder. She just she looks more <laughs> determined. <laughs> and then it explodes, and the guy's thrown back, and he's all injured. Yeah from the explosion and she's like haha gotcha and he's like no you don't there's more of us and they'll get you and now i'm gonna kill myself because yeah he stabs himself in the chest with a shard of his weapon and dies and she's like oh we saw that coming we then go to the next day at work and jimmy reveals that he's known her secret this whole dang time he has a, he was in fact sent to national city by superman the big guy oh excuse me Capital H, him. Yeah, the big blue boy scout. He's like, he, you know, he knew I wanted to like kind of set out on my own and blaze my own trail and do my own thing. But he suggested that maybe I could come to National City and keep an eye on you. So I wanted to do my own thing, but I 
decided to do it near another super person. Yeah. Which is why earlier when we were talking about the flirtatious thing, I was like, maybe he's just really interested in her because he knows who she is. And he's like, yeah. thing. But that's not because this is a CW show. He has to be hot and there has to be chemistry. Again, this is, I feel like it's a missed opportunity for such a cool thing because Jimmy Olsen is like this character that everybody's like, lame, Jimmy Olsen. He's just yeah. the guy d- there to go, she whiz Superman, that's amazing. Yeah, and like, I have a sweater vest and a bow tie. Yeah, but to have like a, a slightly older version of Jimmy who's been Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. He's for seen some shit. 15, you know, 10, 15 years. And yeah. have him then be mentoring a younger person who has Superman's power set. That could be so cool. Yeah, I like that idea and I didn't yeah. know... I, I didn't know that they they um, Miles O'Brien him in. <laughs> yeah, that's not I think where the CW is going to go with it, but could be cool. Yeah, who knows? And then he gives her a gift that he gave me to give to you, and it's Superman's baby blanket. Baby blanket, which. I know in some versions of the story, his costume is made from the blanket, and that's why it's the costume is also yep. invincible. I guess he still had some of it. It was a really big blanket, you guys. Yeah. It was enough blanket to make an entire suit with a cape. Sarah, and still have some left Sarah, over to send to his cousin. Sarah, it gets cold in space. It, oh, You need so a cold. really big blanket. So cold. <laughs> it was like a California king size. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was a kryptonite king, which is even bigger. I'm sorry, krypton king, damn it. Messed up the joke. It was a Krypton King, which is better than a California King. That's the joke. I'm sorry. I ruined the delivery. I'm sorry. While we're talking about Krypton and Krypton King, someone says she see when, when this is. I know this is a weird detail to get hung up, hung up on, and we may cut this, but th- th- there there was one moment in this where I was like, "Have you never read a superhero, a Superman comic? What the fuck?" And it's when she sees. The artifact with the hologram of her mom in it. Yeah. And it has the Kryptonian Kryptonian writing on it. She looks at it and goes, oh, that's in Kryptonese. That. What is happening? I didn't even register that because I'm less, I, yeah, I know less about Superman. But it's Kryptonian, not Kryptonese. Yeah. Wait, are you sure that that's, because sometimes the language and the... I'm, oh, there's a word that means, a name that means a person from a place, like Seattleite or yeah, New Yorker. Sure. But, like, in my, you know, nearly three decades of just cultural osmosis and, you know, being a child in, in, a, in the United States who likes nerdy crap and watching Superman movies and reading Superman comics and all of that. You have heard Kryptonian and never Kryptonese. Yes. I have never heard someone refer to it as Kryptonese. Well, this is an alternate Earth, as we established. Yes. So in this Earth, it's Kryptonese. Go with it. Bend over backwards and go with it. So when they when they watch Netflix, they can watch it in Kryptonese or Kryptonese simplified. Traditional Kryptonese or Kryptonese, simplified Kryptonese. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Anyway. We get a final little stinger. Our little. After credit sequence, even though it's not after the credits. Yes. Which is putting our foot halfway into the next episode. We see the boss guy who was talking to Bartok the Bat earlier. Babcock. Barnaby, the villain. Uh, We see that guy now talking to his boss, who's a lady. He refers to as the general or whatever. And he's like, oh, he chose death rather than capture. And she goes, typical of his race. Ooh, racist. 
And then we figure out immediately, she says, they don't even tease it. She just yeah. goes, ah, my niece. Oh, okay. So yeah. she's, she goes on. All right. Wow, that, they didn't hold, Which, hold back on that. Her hair has a gray streak in it in a very particular way that makes me think she's based on something from a comic. I'm not familiar with the character. The character did not have any... I, I wasn't like, oh, that's... Well, the weird thing is that they take their time. You see her from behind. They take their time panning around her as she talks. It was a good shot, actually. Yeah, yeah. In order to finally reveal her face. And it's the same actress who played her mother. They waited for that reveal, but they say... She goes, my niece, immediately. It's weird. Yeah. Was... You think they would have waited and just said, I'll take care of my niece. And you see her face and go, oh, it's her aunt. It must be her mother's sister. Holy shit. Yeah. That would have been... It was weird that they... They dropped the aunt, the aunt thing immediately and then did a big reveal. Of, yeah. But she also looks exactly like her mom. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, but also we've got, we do have an interesting setup that... I like. I guess I, I called it. Yeah. As they started to pan around, I went, oh, it's going to be the same actress who played her mom. Mm-hmm. So like, he spoiled it by saying my niece anyway. Yeah. It was a good shot. It could have been better. All, although interesting setup for sort of a big bad that you have someone who is kind of in charge of all of these lower level street tough kind of super powered bad guys mm-hmm. which may explain one of the reasons that they've all been lying low if there's somebody with a plan yeah like who's who's directing them that at yeah. least gives that more of an explanation than just oh there's a bunch of assholes yeah running around yeah just a bunch of convicts all running around willy-nilly like she is the general she has a plan but she was also apparently sent to this prison in the phantom zone by yeah. her own sister and she was like i should have ruled krypton and i will rule earth yeah so good villain good villain interesting i wish they had landed they'd stu- they i wish they'd stuck the landing on the reveal they set up a great reveal and then they yeah they did the football thing where you drop a ball fumble, fumble. <laughs> i'm amazing she she fumbled it by going my niece anyway yeah so, that's, and that's it. That's our recap. That's our recap. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode brought to you by Corium Irony Zoo. Corium Irony Zoo helps you meet your specialized staffing needs from onboarding to retirement. Let our machine learning trained systems connect you to the right staffer to help service your contractual obligations. If you're looking for a way to make sure your clients are getting the best care from start to end, contact us at www.coriumironyxu.com. Corium Irony Zoo. We're definitely a business. And now... Where did the money go? Where did the money go in this episode? What strangely? were they spending those clams on? The fight scenes and the big uh, plane sequence. All yeah. the CGI involved in the... Which looked fine. When was the show from? I just realized I don't know how old it is. It's it's less than four years old. I want to say oh. this is from 20, 2014 at the longest ago. Okay. Maybe even 15. Yeah. Well, the, the for the pilot episode yeah. of a TV show, the, the plane sequence looked fine. Didn't yeah. Didn't quite look movie... Quality, no, but, like, but the, it was fine. It was the basic funny. Supergirl flying stuff looks fantastic. Yeah. Like, not just for TV. Like, it, 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 they're using, you know, now you watch one of the Zack Snyders and he's flying around and, and he's just CGI. It's just a CGI guy. And this, they've like, they've got her on a wire. 
Yeah. In front of a green screen with some fans on her. And it looks great. Yeah. And you could, t- like, whatever, however they're capturing that, she looks like she's enjoying flying around. Like, mm-hmm. it looks like she's, she enjoys flying, which is really fun for a show like this, that you have a superhero who is still coming into their power, but, like, enjoys using their powers yeah. to and honestly, zoom around. Flying is so universally accepted as something that humans wish that they could do. Obviously not all humans, but like it's per, it's nearly universal that her whole thing, and she's so elated. She's like, I forgot how it felt. Oh, it feels so good to fly. It's so amazing. And then her look, I haven't even, I don't even know if I can fly anymore. I haven't done it in a while. I'm like, bullshit. If you could fly, if you, even if you were doing your whole like, I'm just being a normal human you'd freaking go out to the woods every so often and just like fly around kind of yeah. locate. Like, I'm sorry. There would be, again, I wanted there to be a stronger reason for her to be suppressing who she was yeah. instead of just, I guess I'll just be normal. There needed to be her parents, her foster parents should have been like, we have a reason you need to do this. We are making you do this. Someone yeah. told you to do this and now you're doing it. Which is the, more of that bend over back seas that yeah. we will get into in sort of our general. Yeah, sorry, I. That's I, all right. I, I cut. That's all right. I cut I'm, the line. I'm really fighting not to be yeah. yelling about some of this stuff. Sure. Okay. So, so moving on to our next segment. Cliffs and chips. So this is the segment where we talk about what we think future cliffhangers of the show will be, and also if we have any ships or sort of hopes for character relationships yeah. coming up in the upcoming seasons. I always thought this was going to be more of a thing when we came up with the initial idea for cliffs and ships i was like we're gonna ship people all the time or there'll be funny ships and i'm like i'm always a little bit exhausted like i don't know i don't ship anybody with anybody it's dumb (laughs) like i kind of feel bad for win because i i like an underdog Uh uh-huh uh even though his whole thing about you're a lesbian was really dumb but it seems pretty clear that they're not they don't seem to be hinting at the end game is that she finally sees him for being awesome or something it's yeah it's the it if anything he needs to get over the fact that she just sees him as a friend yeah that's what they're telegraphing for that character they there's kind of a thing with her and jimmy but like i don't ship it because i want him to be her mentor yeah and also in my opinion he looks like he's too old for her but tv disagrees with me usually about that particular topic i just i just thought of one yeah I ship Alex and Jimmy. Ooh. The sister. Yes. I like it. She's a little uptight. Yep. He's pretty like, hey, I'm Jimmy Olsen. I wear Henley to work. Yep, yep. He's like cool and cash. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I'm into it. I'm suddenly into it. Like, really. There you go. (laughs) I was like, "Mm, who can we ship? We forgot to mention that the boss is played by Callista Flockhart. I'm like, who could I ship Callista Flockhart with that would be funny? Nobody. uh, uh, Harry Hogwarts. Oh yeah, there you go. The third, Hogarth Hughes, whatever his name is. Yeah, the, the Hor- Colonel. The yeah, General. yeah, Hagar the Horrible. Uh, and Callista Flockhart, and the and Hagrid Humperdinck. Ms. Ms. Devil Wears Prattison. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the flirting with Jimmy aside, I did like that in this pilot. It's it focusing on superhero stuff, and we're not setting up like this complex web of relationships. Like I, I'm thinking back to the arrow pilot that it was all about like, 
oh, I'm still mad at you because you slept with my sister and also now I'm sleeping with the guy who was your best friend who maybe possibly betrayed you. And it's like all these, like, this web of intrigue. And this is like, everybody seems pretty, just kind of like exists on the level in the universe. And we may develop out from there, but it's not like trying to set up this complex, you know, house of dominoes around, you know, for some mystery. Yeah. Which I, I did like that in terms of the character relationships. Yeah, true, true, true. I, I, I totally agree on that. As for a first season cliffhanger, seems pretty obvious that her aunt is going to be the big bad of the first season. And probably the end of the first season will be... Either uh, she will be trying to figure out who this big bad is the whole time. And at the end of the season will be when she's confronted and finds out it's her aunt. Or she'll find out it's her aunt pretty quickly and then them fighting and her defeating her could be the end of the first season. Depends on whether they want her aunt to be just the first season big bad or the show's big bad. Yeah. Which I don't know enough about the universe to to have a prediction of which that would be. Seems like it could go either way. Yeah. I'm really keen on the fact that because they went out of their way, and it was cutesy to never mention Big Blue by name, the fact that... (sighs) It also looked like kind of the the rogues gallery that they seem to be working toward is not what we would expect in a Superman show. It's kind of this like, you know, there's all these escaped alien convicts and that's sort of maybe the beginning of what she has to deal with. It just feels like there's a lot more room to grow with that as the mythology as opposed to, oh, by the way, uh, L- Lysandra Luther has her own company in National City and yeah. her brother gave her a small loan of a million dollars with which she started her own company and uh, yeah. she hates red skirts so fucking much. Yeah. she. It, it was nice that she seems to have her kind of her own thing. Yeah. It does make it a little bit like, wait, if this lady, if the general, general aunt is yeah. has been trying to rule Earth for the last 10 years... It's a little weird that she hasn't run afoul of Superman yet. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they balance that in the rest of the show. Because they can't have Superman in every episode because it's Supergirl. Not Superman. It's not his show. It'll be interesting to see how they balance not going too big. Because if they go too grand with the world domination schemes, it will not make sense if Superman doesn't show up to, to, to... fight alongside her. Even the the high profile airplane on fire right over a major metropolitan center and having him not show up was a little bit like I feel like he would show up. That's a good point. That's kind of a slam dunk for but Superman. They make it very they they just skated under what seemed reasonable because it, it blew... The bomb went off. They established that that was yeah. the fault of the bad guys. Yes. We didn't establish that. But the bomb went off almost immediately when they took off. They were still circling National City. They hadn't gotten outside the city limits right. even yet. Or even gotten to altitude by the time the bomb went off. So it just happened. It's like just barely believable that Superman could have been, you know... Somewhere up to else. his ass in some other... Up to his ass in Lex Luthor? <laughs> Ew. Oh my. I was going to say, in some other crime. Or he could have been... He could have had his hands full with, like, saving a bunch of orphans from... I'm up to my ass in crime here. <laughs> I did 
just saying. He yeah, could, yeah. He, no. could have been, he, could have, he could have been literally carrying handfuls of orphans yes. out of a burning building. And then he overhears a, a news report and he's like, oh, God, that's all the way in National City? All right, I'll, I'll try to get there as soon as I can. But like, <laughs> Throw the orphans up really high, fly over, park the plane, catch the orphans. It's, Easy. It is a factor of there being only one superhero, which is another reason why it doesn't make sense. She's like, the world doesn't need more than one superhero. Yeah. Are you kidding? He can't be everywhere at once. There's crime all over the place. Which I think is the perfect point to transition into our next segment. What will this show be? Will the- it be super? <laughs> Sorry. I'm not going to do that every single time. I promise. <clears throat> In this segment, we like to talk about sort of our general feelings about what the day-to-day will be on the show. Yeah. What's the general vibe of a normal episode? What's the structure going to be like? Exactly. Which we, I think we already got a really good peek at when, when we saw the big board at uh, DEO Speedwagon. Yeah. That they, they, there's already, there's a pile of assholes who got out of a big ring that fell on the ground. Yeah. Sorry. It's, it's like a, it's kind of like a half-ass Deep Space Nine. It's yeah, a little the, bit of that space station shape. The design of the space station was so half-assed. Yeah. It was just like two or three rings Well, it was around just a other. prison ship. They weren't trying and, to make it like elegant or anything. It's only a prison. Just Prisons are not known for being architecturally interesting. Rings strangely. full of assholes landed yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Anyway. A beach ball full of criminals <laughs> falls out of space. And... That seems like that's going to be it. A sphere of sphincters has fallen to the ground. <laughs> All right, rain it in, son. Uh, it seems like that's going to be pretty yeah. much it. The day-to-day is going to be her learning to be a better superhero and struggling with, you know, her job, keeping her, you know, her secret identity a secret, but also... Hanging with Jimmy and learning about being super and working with the DEO and all that stuff. And then also she'll be finding these convicts and taking them down. Yes. Seems like that's pretty straightforward. I hope that a lot of the bend over backseas things that we were kind of mentioning are either we just stop making that a plot point. Yeah. Like the whole, you know oh, should I be a hero or should I suppress who I really am? Or like, like, I just, I, it's not interesting. Yeah. I hope they just go like, okay, look, she's a hero now. So like now she needs to learn how to be a better hero because she has all these powers, but she doesn't know how to wield them effectively. She doesn't know how to fight, for example. She, she takes a pounding both times she goes up against this convict. Yeah. Who's not depicted as being like, especially good at anything. He's just also as strong as her. And he's, Actually, he's a criminal, so he's probably had a fight before, which she yeah. hasn't. Yeah. So she takes a pounding both times, and it's like, okay, this is clearly something she's going to need to learn. Because, like in one of the things I always loved about the Buffy verse is that it's not enough that she has the power. She doesn't just magically know how to fight. She has to train. Yes. So I, I, I hope that they get into that, and she doesn't just immediately become good at being a hero on the show. Yeah, I would rather have the gradual progression of her getting better at being a hero than to have her constantly questioning whether or not she should be a hero. Definitely, it would be tedious if that was a big part of the show. So I could see them running into it once or twice in a season where she runs up against something that makes her question whether she's good enough or something. And then something happens, she gets another 
carefully parceled out message from her mom or something yeah. like that. I want there to be less of the hand-waving at other concepts bullshit. Like, if you want to make this have, like, this feminist narrative about, you know, girl v. woman and, like, those kind of topics, have that actually be a thing. Don't just do one scene where it's, like, people make noises in that direction. Yeah. So the show can go, of course, we had a thing. Or, like, it looks good in one gif on Tumblr or whatever. Like, I... That was so frustrating because there was, like, the sister, the possible sibling rivalry drama. Yeah. As, like, things that you could explore in a show like this, awesome. But I I want those things to either be explored in more detail or left alone. Because I just, I want, I want topics like that. Big topics that are great to have science fiction. Like, in the world we live in now, we're, we're talking about things like equal pay and the glass ceiling and everything like that to have literally the strongest person ever be a woman who can literally fly up and punch through the glass ceiling into space. Yeah. The only, the only part of that in the show that they actually, I think landed was when the, the villain guy is in like a coffee shop. He's like more coffee. And the waitress is like, Oh, just a second. She goes, wow, isn't that amazing? A woman is a superhero. Someone my daughter can really look up to. It's like it was. It was a little ham-fisted, but it was still like that was better. It was like no, that's a thing that people would think that would be an aspect of their finally being a woman as a superhero. It was better than the well, I'm a girl and I'm powerful and hot. Thanks for mentioning that you're hot is an important part yeah. of being a powerful woman. Definitely. So let's move on to our last segment. Final verdict. So the question we always ask is. Did this job? Did this job do the show of a pilot? Did this job, Sarah? Did this job? The question that we always ask is: Did this pilot do the job of a pilot? Which is to make you want to watch more. For me, I'm a little bit on the fence. Yeah. I I feel like this show relied on cultural osmosis knowledge of Superman to do a lot of the heavy lifting, like of a bus, uh-huh. for example. But at the same time, I also appreciated that the show goes, okay, we all know Superman, whatever. Eh. Yeah. But then there were there were other things where it was like, she's got to do her thing. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, heat vision, like, which you haven't set up. Like, there was no setup for that payoff earlier in the episode. The setup is, you know Superman has heat vision, and now you get to see her use hers. I feel like we got a scene cut that would have set that up because... There was this whole thing where her boss was complaining about her latte always being cold. And it's like, that's a perfect setup to have Kara be like, like just into it right before she hands it to her. Boom. I think it's even a thing where Superman uses the heat vision for the coffee. Come on, people. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know what, though? Maybe they were setting that up because in the future she's going to use that. Maybe. In this version of the world, she's too afraid to use her powers, so she wouldn't have right. cut corners with the powers. I just felt like that would have been a fun version of the, Lois, they, it's not worth it for a purse that only has $65 in it, or whatever, the thing where he tells her everything that's in her purse. That's a good point, though. What they could have done is had her go, that coffee that better not be cold again, and she goes, and looks at it and goes, is it cold? And her eyes glimmer a little, and they're just no, she's too afraid to use her powers. Yeah, she yeah, just yeah. hands her the coffee. Yeah. She takes a sip and is like, ugh, and drops it in the trash. Yeah. And Kara goes, Kara, it, I like, should have done it. It felt like, again, like in an earlier draft, they had this whole setup to punchline of her 
finally That's a really using good point. her eye. That may have vision. been a thing, and they yeah. ended up cutting it for time. Which, now that I've thought about that, and the thing about, it seems like uh, Wynn is like a combination of other characters, a composite character possibly. Yeah. It just kind of feels like this was originally written as like a 90-minute pilot. Yeah. In a more classic way, and then they just kind of compressed some things, sort of half-acidly turned another couple things into a montage but like didn't shoot it as a montage. It was like yeah. something else before. It was just kind of like a lot of that kind of stuff. I mean, I I love her as the character. Yeah. She's probably my favorite thing about the show. And honestly, the casting, I just love she's not CW hot. Yeah. Like she's a perfectly lovely young woman, but she is not she's not a gorgeous supermodel who puts on glasses and puts her hair in a messy bun and everyone goes, "Haha, she's a mouse." She's actually kind of mousy. Yeah. And even when she lets her hair down and takes off her glasses and puts on the Supergirl costume, she still looks the same. She really doesn't look notably hotter. She's not wearing nerd camo, you know, which is the kind of part of the super thing, right? Glasses and nobody knows who the hell you are because your hair looks different and you have glasses on. But like, I loved that they cast a more normal looking actress. I really appreciated that she wasn't like an Amazon, you know, supermodel yeah i also like that they're right out the gate giving her a pile of of baddies who are ostensibly able to go toe-to-toe with her reasonably like she the 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 very first guy she fights has a high-tech space axe that can cut her yeah it and and also the implication that there's a whole pile of these dudes out there creates a situation where someone with that power set has danger happening to yeah. them. And I I like that. Yeah. I I don't know that... I think this is one of those examples of a show where I'm like... I actually think it was a good pilot in general. Well-structured. Mm-hmm. It conveyed a lot of world-building. Well, of course, relying heavily on your knowledge of Superman already. But they got a lot in there. The pacing was all right. They introduced some characters. Nothing stuck out to me as being like, oh God, I could see they knew where they were and where they needed to get, but they didn't know how to get there, which is a thing that tends to stick out to me even in shows that I like. This didn't have any of that for me. And I think it was pretty well written and pretty well put together. And there's nothing, no reason that I wouldn't watch more, but I would be surprised if I ended up watching more just because I guess I'm just not that into the Superman world. Yeah. I feel like you kind of need to. There maybe they didn't put anything in this to hook in people who weren't already sort of generally on board with a DC Universe TV show. There wasn't anything in there to draw in new people or people who maybe were like, I don't know about this whole Superman thing, you know. And I think for me personally, my my final verdict is this: I at some point may give episode two a look see, and I think I will know within ten minutes of episode two whether or not I want to pick this up. Yeah. But it's 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 sort of a... I guess my final verdict is I very much enjoyed this pilot. I'm not desperate to know what happens next in the show. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Same. I think earlier on in this podcast, I might have said, yeah, I, I bet I'll watch some more of this. Like if I'm sick and don't have anything else to watch or feel like watching something lighthearted. But I've used that... A, not excuse. I've I've said that so many times about shows in this show's past mm-hmm. and then didn't end up watching them. But I've learned something about myself about how much I need to like a show to actually continue watching it. Right. Especially 
doing this podcast comes with TV watching homework. So, yes. and I'm just discovering new shows all the time. So there's just only so much that I'm going to stick with, you know? Right. Early in the show, we did NCIS and I ended up watching almost two seasons of it, but I eventually stopped because I discovered better shows through, through during the podcast. So I would be generally surprised. I think I would have to go back to Arrow which I was more interested in seeing where they were going with it because I don't know anything about the Arrow character or I didn't before the show. Right. If I eventually went back to it and got hooked on it and got into it and wanted more of the Arrowverse, I think that's the only reason I would end up watching more Supergirl. Exactly. Because I know that uh, coming up sometime in the next year or so, they're going to have the big Elseworlds crossover event of all of those shows. Which uh, They're not all still on the air though, are they? Arrow is still on the air. The Flash is still on the air. Black Lightning is still on the air. Legends of Tomorrow is still on the air. Yeah, they're all still on the air. Really? Yeah. It, it constantly blows my mind how many shows exist. <laughs> they're still being made when I haven't heard anything about right. them. You know, you just get used to hearing so much about shows that you think if you haven't heard much about one, it's not around anymore or something. But no, some of them are still chugging along. Yeah. So, uh, Supergirl. It... Was what it said on the box. Yeah. Does what it says on the tin. Does it well enough that if we were both big Superman fans, we might have been hooked, but we're not. I'm just an ordinary size Superman fan. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pilot House. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pilot House Pod. Visit our website at pilothousepodcast.com or email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com to suggest future shows. Our podcast is entirely listener-supported, so thanks this week to our supporters Chris and Jerome. Visit patreon.com slash pilothouse to find out how you can become a series regular. Pilot House is a Herringbone Society production. Superman. Ugh, I was trying to think of a joke to make about something. What's the opposite of a fan? I'm a Superman space heater. <laughs> like, I don't know. And on that note... <laughs> Bye! Bye!